We sang a song this morning, and it's, I come to the garden. I like that song, but I can't help thinking every time we sing it, of the little boy that was sitting in his class, and the teacher was asking, how many of you pray at night? And most everybody raised their hand, and this little boy said, I talk to Andy every night. He said, what do you mean you talk to Andy every night? He said, that's God's name. Where did you get that? We sing it all the time. And he walks with me and he talks with me. That's not his name. It's good to see Dee here this morning too. And Jack, Jack, Jack Juanita Rose is here with us today. We're glad about that. Bill and Nola are here. And I'm glad I've got their name down now. Robbie is coming home. Robbie Swope is coming home the 29th. And so we rejoice that he finally made up his mind to come home. George, it's good to see you here. Always good to see you. All right, enough of the levity. We will go on now. It just so happened that we got to the place in our study that we're preaching about acting like our father. And I was thinking about the children that I've raised, my four children, and all the memories that come to my mind as I think about them. Watching them wake up in the morning. Watching them as they fought with each other. And I have so many good memories and so much heartache as I lost my son this past year. But you can't take the memories away. And that's the good thing. Because all we have in life is history. We don't have any more than today and tomorrow never comes. But the history and the memories that I have. I received a card from John this morning. Such a sweet card. And I thank God for those memories and I can remember my son Larry when I would come home and I'd have my old work shoes on he would put them on and tramp around the house trying to be like dad and he'd get my keys and put them on John would be studying he was a studier I encouraged John to go to college. I encouraged Larry, get out of school as quick as you can. (laughs) But all the memories are so good. As Jesus stands talking, or I should say sits talking, with those about him, he is giving a real meaning to what life is about. And he looks at them and tells them what you have been taught is wrong. And I want to correct this. And I want to correct it in such a way that I impart it into your hearts to where it's lasting. And so he says, 
You have heard that it had been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. That you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good. And sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love them which love you, what reward have you? Do not even the publicans the same? And if you salute your brethren only, what do you more than others? Do not even the publicans so? Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. If you remember when Jesus spoke of responding to evil... He gave two principles, and the first was, do not resist an evil person. And the second was, respond by doing good. Anytime that people do evil to you, he says, use those two things as you approach how you're going to deal with what that person is doing to you. And so now Jesus is teaching how to deal with, with mistreatment. And I guess all of us have had somebody mistreat us in our life. And many of us have responded in a wrong way. And Jesus says, I want you to get this into your heart. I want you to have this in your mind and ready to go. Because the natural way of man is to retaliate. And he's saying, I don't want you to retaliate. I want you to apply this very thing so that you can get it. We have the law and the traditional teaching that they had. And the law did not say, hate your enemy. In fact, what it taught, and we read this last week, thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people, But thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord. That's a hard command. And I think everybody here would recognize that's a hard command. But he said, I want you to get it. I want you to get this deep inside of you. Don't you take vengeance, but rather I want you To love your neighbor as yourself. We wonder why they didn't get it. And maybe we'll talk about that a little. But over in Exodus, the 23rd chapter, verse 4 and 5. If thou meet thine enemy's ox or his ass going astray, thou shalt surely bring it back to him again. If thou see the ass of him that hateth thee lying under his burden and wouldst forbear to help him, Thou shalt surely help with him. You know what? The guy has treated me wrong. And now there's his animal out there. And God says, I want you to take the animal back to him. And I want you to help him with the animal if it's necessary. That's not hard to understand, is it? Everybody can get this and everybody should get this. And yet 
How did they mess it up so bad? Then we read over in Proverbs 25, 21 and 22. If thine enemy be hungry, give him bread to eat. That doesn't even make sense. You've got an enemy that's done you evil and he says if he's hungry, feed him. And if he be thirsty, give him water to drink. For thou shalt heap coals of fire upon his head, and the Lord shall reward thee. Do you know, we're looking for our reward today in revenge. God said, let me reward you. So as we look at this, we recognize, first of all, that the traditional interpretation misapplied the law. And they come to teach, yes, you're to love your neighbor, but you are to hate your enemy. The Samaritans were hated. Those Gentiles were hated. And that was logical to them. If you remember the young lawyer that came to Jesus one time and he said, what do I need to do to get into heaven? In the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus said, well, let's go back. What does the command say? And the fellow said, I've done all these. And then Jesus said, really? Have you really done these things? And I'm paraphrasing now. And one of the things that Jesus pointing out all the way through is I want you to do good to those that do evil to you. How do you get this frame of mind in you? The rabbis were all teaching, hate your enemy and don't have anything to do with them. And certainly the only good thing that the Gentiles were good for was a fire in hell. That was their teaching. How do you treat your enemies? How do I do that? And he says, I want you to love them. Now I'm going to tell you, we've got a problem today in the country. We have this idea about love that is not biblical. We have defined love in such a way that the Bible never defined it. Somebody said, what is love to a young boy? And the young boy said, well, that's easy. He said, you know, kindness is when my mother makes me a peanut butter sandwich. And love is when she puts jelly on it. Well, that's a definition that God didn't really give, but that was a pretty good definition for that boy. Love in the Bible is not some gushy feeling. Love is an act that we predetermine in our mind that that's how I'm going to respond and that's what I'm going to do. Certainly we get certain feelings about people and we get feelings about our enemies that we don't like. I think it would be foolish for anybody to come up and say, you know what, I just have a gushy feeling about my neighbor that just threw, threw his grass over on my property. 
Jesus said that love is something that I want you to take it to a height. It's agape. And it means very simply that no matter what you do to me, I'm going to do what's best for you and under every circumstance. I don't care whether you deserve my love or not. I'm going to give you my love. And I am there to help you in what you need. And I have a benevolent attitude towards you in everything that you are. I don't look at you as what you have become. I look at you as what you really are. And that is you are created in the image of God and need to have the respect given to you as a human being. And the only way that I can do that properly is to do what is right towards you. And Jesus says, when you do that, you love Whenever I make up my mind that I'm going to give God what is due to him, I love him. Whenever I make up my mind that I'm going to give the congregation what I believe that they really need, I love you. Whenever you make up your mind that even though your wife aggravates you to death, you are going to do what's right towards her, you love her. Now, I'm not saying that there's no emotion. Sometimes when I preach, people take things that I say and take it too far. So when we're talking about loving somebody, it means, first of all, that I am committed totally. Do you realize I look in the mirror every morning and I I say, man, where did all of those wrinkles come from? How did I get so ugly? And I come in and my wife says, oh, you're a handsome man. Uh, You know, she's either lying or she loves me. One of the two. One of the things that happen is our emotions change through the years. But one thing that John is teaching is commitment. That commitment does not change. I love that person. I love them to the degree that I am going to be with them in sickness and in health and whatever. And that's the way that I am with the congregation and I hope that the congregation's that way with me. You've put up with a lot with me through the years. But you still held on. You still held on. You still love me. Do you like me? Sometimes you don't. So how do you treat your enemy? You love them. And the next thing... You bless them or you pray for them. Now, how much time do you spend praying for your enemy? And that's a deep question. Because we have all kinds of enemies that hate us. We can see as we look at the government, as we look at the things that are going on in the country, people hate each other. And standing out is that one individual that says, you know what? I'm going to treat you right no matter what you have done to me. It's a concept that is beyond belief almost in this day and age. And Jesus said, I want you to love them. I want you to bless them or I want you to to pray for them. And he says, I want you to pray for them, not just about them. 
In other words, I want to get into those individuals the things that will change their life. If they're hungry, I'll feed them. If they need something, I'll take care of that. But one of the things that I want them to get more than anything else is I want them to get Christ in them, and that will end the problems. That will end the hatred. I have never seen in the country, and I know we ought to not talk about this, and I usually don't, but I've never seen the hatred politically that I have seen in my time right now. We have people that actually hate each other because they're Republican or Democrat. For God's sake, we're in a society that we ought to look and say that's a human being and we ought not to hate those individuals, we ought to love them. I hate what is going on, but the people you have to love and you have to pray for them. I want them to have salvation and I want them to have spiritual blessings and I want them to have physical blessings. If they can't get it spiritually, then I hope when I look out there and he's driving a new Mercedes, don't be upset about that. Be glad. He's got a Mercedes. We've got a Subaru. I feel sorry for him. So I want to ask the question, why react this way? Well, one, we could say because Jesus said to react that way. Jesus said, this is how I want you to react. But he says it's to be sons of the heavenly father. Now, I'm going to tell you that has no meaning unless you have know something about the heavenly father. Do you realize, I don't care whether you're a Christian or whether you're not. That you can wake up every day and say, look at that. This is so consistent. Every day we have the sunshine or we have the rain. We have these good blessings all around us. And everywhere I look, there is a blessing. There's a flower to smell. There's a bird to sing. There's, there's all of these things about us. And that tells me that God is there and that God is providing these things. What a God. I hope it brings the person closer and says, you know, I want a relationship with this God. C.S. Lewis said it so well. He said, so many people have enjoyed the sunset. But I want to see the one that made the sunset. And that's where I want to get. I want to get to that place that that great God that made these things that I can be there and be with him and look at Christ and say, thank you for giving me the instructions here of how to be close and to have a relationship with you that takes all of this hatred out of me. We're being trained by the world one way and being trained by God another way. And we get confused sometimes and God says, get over the confusion. Just do this. Be the way that your heavenly father is. Do you remember Abraham? Abraham says, God says, I'm going to bless you. Okay, that's great. What does that do for me? God says, you become a blessing upon people. You treat them the way that I treat you. 
Now, when you have that kind of an attitude, I'm going to treat you the way that God treated me and the way that God treats everybody. Do you think there's anybody that God doesn't love? Well, he loves everybody. Malachi, does he love you? How much do we appreciate that love? How much do we say, oh, man, I want to be like my father. I want to put his shoes on. You know what? I'd love to make a bed for God. I'd love to bring him his shoes. I'd love to do it. You can't do that. But he says, there is a way that you can get to me. And that is, if you will treat Jack, Jack Juanita in the right way, you have treated me right. What I do for her, I do for God. When I get that concept in my mind, that I, you know, when I first became a Christian, I was unhappy. I come into the church and I said, that's the deadest people I've ever met. <laughs> and I had a talk with God. Because I was baptized here. I came out of a denominational church that I was just as happy as could be. Called me pastor. Gave me chicken on Sundays. I was happy. And I was baptized and came into the church on a Wednesday morning early about 2 o'clock in the morning. And so we had Wednesday night coming, you see. And I came Wednesday night and I was all excited. And I said, this is it? This is it? I can't believe it. I met the deadest people that I've ever met in my life. I said, you know what? Something must be wrong with me. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll volunteer to teach the young people. They said, sure, we'd like for you to teach the young people. I got to teaching the young people. The young people grew. And I'd go home feeling so empty that I just couldn't stand it. I said, I'll give more money to the church. And I did. And to make a long story short, I even got up sometimes and preached because I had been a preacher before. Empty. Empty. I quit. I've had it. I don't want any more to do with that group of people. And then one night I was so miserable and I got mad at God and I said, God, you promised me that if I would give my life to you, that you would give me a peace that passeth understanding and I'm miserable. And I've got my Bible. Everybody's gone to bed and I'm miserable out here. And God said, talk with me. And I looked at the Bible and he looked at me. He said, you're looking in the wrong place. God, I'm praying to be spiritual. 
And I'd get filled up spiritually. But I found out that I leaked from every pore. And it just poured out of me and I couldn't stay. Finally said, quit looking up here. And look out there. Because I live in people that you go to church with every Sunday. And what you need to do is love them. It changed my life. It changed my life. It was I that was wrong. It wasn't you that was wrong. And we livened up, by the way. We even got excited sometimes. And I'm not talking about you. This was a congregation years and years ago. He says, do you want to be like your heavenly father? Have you looked at the good characteristics of God? Have you ever studied the Ten Commandments and say, you know what? This is the character of God. I wanted that put in my heart in such a way that I really live it. And that's what he's doing on this Sermon on the Mount. He gave blessings, physical blessings to everybody. And we're not going to give those blessings because the only ones we'll do that for are brothers and sisters. He said, you're not acting like your father. Act like your father and give to them what is due to them. And that is to love them so that you can get them to finally see what I have to offer. One of the things about raising children that is so neat. As I always knew that I was going to get my way with my children because I was bigger than they were. And isn't that the problem Job saw? Job looked up there and said, oh God, I wish I was bigger so that I could talk with you. I wish that I could plead my case before you. But you're just too big. You're too too great. (laughs) So he saw God all wrong. Jesus came and he said, I'm going to show you what the Father is like. I came here to serve you, not to be served. I came here to do good to you, not to have you do good to me. I came here so I could introduce the Father to you. You've been introduced to your father, the devil. I want to introduce you to God now. And boy, that gets exciting. All of a sudden, I'm seeing something that I haven't seen before. And that is, God is such a gracious and loving God that he wants everybody to be saved and he's done everything. And man down here is saying, you know what, I'm not going to do that. I don't believe that. My church doesn't believe that. So on. And we never find out what does God really teach. Ah, he's such a loving God. Look what he says. But love your enemies and do good and lend, hoping for nothing again. And your reward shall be great. And you shall be the children of the highest, for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. 
Be ye therefore merciful as your father also is merciful. (laughs) When you look at your enemy, can you really show mercy to that individual that is so mean to you? Ah, I'll tell you. It just sickens my heart to think some times about the way that I've treated people. It's not the way God treats people. That's me heading in the worldly way. Look at ourselves. You know, I look at you right now and I see halos sitting over every one of your heads. But you know that's not real. That's not the way it is. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. What does God hate more than anything else? It's sin. And he says, yet while I hate sin, I love you. I don't like it that sin has got you. But he says, I'm going to tell you, I love you. He He gave his son to die for us while we were yet enemies. Romans 5.10 For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled we shall be saved by his life. Who did he reconcile? He reconciled those that were enemies. Those that were enemies he said I'm going to bring you and you're going to be a part of me. I'm going to live in you and you're going to live in me and my son will live in you and you you will live in my son. We will have fellowship. How can you do that, God, when I'm such an ungodly person? Well, you did it with, with Abraham. Abraham was an ungodly man. He served false gods. And God says... Abraham, will you follow me? And Abraham says, gladly. And God says, then if you really have faith in me, I'm going to justify you. Do you think that Abraham was such a good guy, better than you? No, he was just like you and I. And God justified him. Why? Because they truly believed God. And when God said something, they showed it by a faith that works by love. They did what God told them to do. Did they do it perfectly? No. But they did it because they loved God and trusted God. We're to imitate him. In 1 John 4.10, herein is love. Not that we loved God, but he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Oh, and we've talked about this before. We say that word propitiation. Anyway, we'll just go on. No, that propitiation. Herein is love. Why do you love your mother? Why do you love your father? Because we see the sacrifices they made. We see the love that they had for us. We see all of that. And God says, this is the love I have shown you here in his love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us 
and sent his son to be the propitiation. That is that legal offering that God is upset at man and it's going to take something that where, and if you remember John the Baptist said it very well. John said, behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin, not the sins, the sin of the world. Man had departed from God in such a way that God says, I am very angry about this. And we've used this over and over, but I use it again because it's so important. You can make your wife so mad that she says, I don't want to see you. I don't want to have anything to do with you. I'm mad at you. You said the wrong thing. You did the wrong thing. Everything's wrong. And then you go out and you say, how did I get back in her good graces again? She is really, really mad. And you go down and you buy a dozen red roses. And when you open the door, you put those red roses in there. The propitiation. And she said, ah, what a lovely man you are. That's propitiation. Ah, God says, Christ is the bouquet of roses. 1 John 4.11 Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to also to love one another. Does that make sense? God loved us this much. Do you think God loves me more than he loved Don Lucas? If God loves Don Lucas... Maybe I ought to love Don Lucas. Did he sacrifice the same thing for Don Lucas that he did me? Then that's my brother. We're in this together and I love you. And I can't love God without loving you. In fact, God says, how in the world can you love me if you don't love the brother whom you've seen? You haven't seen me, but you, you have seen your brother. Now love him. Look at Ephesians 4, 31 through 5, 2. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking but be put away from you with all malice. How do you do that? You ever figure out how to do that? When you're really mad, how do you get rid of it? You just get rid of it. It's not that hard. Do you have trouble apologizing to your wife or to your brother or to your sister or to your husband? Do you have trouble doing that? Of course you do. Well, then how do you do it? You just go in there and do it. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. Now, that wasn't so hard, was it? He says, put all this junk away from you. And be ye kind one to another. Tenderhearted. Forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Sometimes you see members sitting here that look like they've been sucking on lemons. We love each other. 
Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling savor. Here I am, you use me because I have become your servant. Do you get that? I am your servant. Why? Because I have made myself your servant. Why? Because Christ made himself a servant. That's why I am a servant. And he says the other reason is be different than tax collectors. The Jews hated the tax collectors because the tax collector collected money from them and they got rich taking in the wrong money. He said, don't be doing this for the wrong reason. Love out of a pure heart. And it means to love and show mercy. If you love them which love you, what reward have you? Do not even the publicans the same? And if you salute your brethren only, what do you more than others? Do not even the publicans so? Well... Thieves love thieves. We are to love everybody. Is that a hard message? It is. But it's not hard if you really love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. So, it's imperative that we be influenced by Christ. And just ask... Ask yourself this question every day. Am I acting like God? That's a serious question. Am I acting like God? The lesson is yours. If you need to obey the gospel of Christ, the baptistry is ready right now. And if you come and believe with all of your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God because God loves you. And if you are willing to really repent, that is, I'm going to quit being led by denominations or churches or anything like that. I'm just going to let the Lord lead me and he's going to direct my life. And I'm confessing that I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And be baptized for the remission of sins as you enter into the death of Christ. And his blood washes away your sins. You can have salvation today. Won't you come? All together we stand and sing.